Hello and welcome to the Post to Post podcast. It is podcast number 59. Welcome. Thank you for listening or watching, whether you're on iTunes or uh, YouTube or whoever you're watching or listening to this. Thank you very much for tuning in. We appreciate it. Uh, it's podcast number 59. So one podcast for every year of your life. Yeah, that's right. And I was born in 1959. I'm 59 years old. This is podcast 59. Something cool is going to happen. Is it? Do you have a surprise? No. Is it a jersey? No. I need a Winnipeg jersey, you know. I, I, I was at the store the other day and I forgot to get it. Let I'm, me down. Can't believe I'm it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. Well, what's your name? What? What's your name? I think it's Neil. And I think my name is Brent. I think it we is. We haven't covered that part yet. No, we haven't. No. What we also haven't covered is the new tag that you've received, which has been highly requested. And by highly, I mean probably for the past year and a half. You are now officially the co-host. I spent an hour the other day learning how to redo the the. They're called lower thirds. Uh, so I spent an hour the other day uh, learning how to remake those because it's been so long since I made the original ones, and I finally got around to doing it. And uh, congratulations. Thank you. Your camp talked to my camp. We were able to come to some. That's uh, really good. I've had my agent on it for quite a while. There was a lot of hockey on last night, a little mm. a little too much hockey. I Honestly, I didn't watch very much hockey last night because I was at the Banff Film Festival and that's not in Banff, 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 geez. Uh, it, it was, it's a, a festival that happens there, but then they go on the road with a certain amount of uh, films. So you watched the Banff Film Festival, but you didn't watch it in Banff. That's correct. Okay. So there's... So let me try something else. Have you ever been to the Queen Street Meat Market? No. In Charlottetown? No. Guess what street it's not on? Queen Street. Correct. <laughs> Just checking. Well, that's ridiculous. It is. Anyway, there's a big festival. 87, I think, finalists actually made it to the festival, but only 36 or 37 go on the road. They go to uh, Charlottetown and Wolfville and Halifax and St. John's and St. John and Fredericton. And basically, they go to every single province all over Canada. Uh, and they were here this past weekend. I went Friday night and I went Saturday night. Uh, three hours each night. It was awesome. The, the final video that we saw, or presentation or film or whatever, uh, that is actually available on YouTube. Most of these weren't, but if you want to watch it and see some of the stuff that I saw, uh, if you just look up, if you just go to Google and search Frenchie, and then no problem, you'll find it. It's a story about a guy who's 82. 82, yeah. And uh, he's has a whole bunch of near-death experiences. and uh, No problem. No, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's very active. and he, he's, he skis, he cycles, yeah. he does uh, runs and, and other things. He's very active. <clears throat> And uh, no problem. No, nope, it's no problem. He said, I think he said 27 close calls with death yeah. and survived them all. He's had cancer. He's he survived had a heart that. attack. Heart, at uh, heart attack. That's what I was he saying. He drove yeah. his, a car off a bridge and uh, into the water yeah. and started to drown. Yeah. Uh, he managed to get out of that. He he felt the crank. He started turning the crank and yeah. out he goes. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Some other really stuff good. too. I can't even remember all the stuff that yeah. happened to him. But uh, yeah, so... I had a busy, honestly, a busy weekend. I didn't watch a lot of hockey, which is a bit unfair because if I'm going to do a podcast or run a channel, you think I'd probably watch the content that uh, I'm going to be talking about. But I did watch some of the games because after the film festival, we went to a place called Boston Pizza, which you think would be an American company. It's actually not. It's a Canadian Boston Pizza company. is not based in Boston. The yeah. Banff film, film Festival wasn't in Banff, and the Queen Street Meat Market is not on Queen Street. Welcome to Charlottetown. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just like New York Fries, it's a Canadian company, yeah. not an American company. I think there's some others that 
or like that. I don't, I don't get it, but whatever. Yeah. No, uh, anyway, Boston Pizza is kind of like a bar, pub kind of restaurant. There's a, there's a bar side, then there's a restaurant side. We were in the bar side, and there were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen TVs set up. The uh, Rams game was on four of the TVs, so each section was 25% of the feed. So, And then on the top right, there was Canadi- the Canadians-Colorado uh, game. Beneath that was the Toronto-Boston game. Good. On the other side in the bottom was the Toronto-Boston game. Above that was the Washington-Columbus game. Wow. Over to the left on the smallest TV in the corner was a college game between Colorado and North Dakota. Yeah, no, no, I wanted to actually tape that, and I forgot to. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was... A bunch of other games going on the the left hand side, and then the Toronto Boston game was on a big projector screen off to the right. So. I want the man cave to look like yeah, that. Yeah, really. Yeah. It was awesome. I definitely want to go back just to watch hockey there. It was great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I did watch some games uh, from there because I was there for close to two hours. I think maybe maybe a little less. So I did watch quite a bit of hockey there at, all at once, a bunch of games all at once. So it was fun, but so much hockey. Like you, some of these days there's so many games on at once. You just can't literally and physically watch them all at the same time. So you have to kind of trust the highlights and that's what I had to do for some. Even in my situation where I I was home for most of this period of time myself, I watched as much as I could possibly watch. There were actually 12 games. I think I watched four more or less in their entirety and maybe another two just pieces. And then the rest was highlights as well. And I had the whole day to throw at it. But there's life too, right? Yeah. But uh, that's crazy. That's a lot of hockey. And for most people who only follow one team, that's probably easier because you have that three hours in the afternoon or the evening on a Saturday where you're, or Sunday, whatever, where you're going to be watching your team and the rest of the day is your own to play with as you will. In my case, because of this elevation to co-host status, I don't want to come on my first day as a co-host yeah. and be like, well, I didn't watch anything either. I mean, <laughs> someone's got to carry the show. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> You got to step up your game now that you've been, a, <laughs> That's right. you've been promoted to the first line, so yeah. power play unit. And my pay has doubled, apparently? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, anyway, uh, we'll get into all those games here in a little bit. There's a couple things I wanted to talk about first. Uh, the first thing is uh, I have some merchandise to unbox. Ooh. That'll be its own video coming probably tomorrow, so keep an eye out for that. But as a little hint, I now have... A hat for every single team. Finally, it only took two years or over two years, but I finally did get a Colorado hat and I finally did get a Philadelphia Flyers hat. So you'll see those tomorrow in that unboxing video. Also, there are, I believe, seven jerseys in that box as well. Unfortunately, not a Winnipeg jersey, but... So we still got the t-shirt. Yeah, I still have that. I can't find, like, I'm not, okay, I'm not going to pay $250 for a Winnipeg jersey. I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. Like. No offense. It, it has nothing to do with the team. It's just, like, I'm not going to do it. Even with lids and I get the discount of 10% or 20%, it's still, like, $200 and something. Like, it's just not worth it. I'd like to get a name on the back. So I'm I'm looking around. There's a, a couple of eBayers that I might message and see if they can give me a good price on them. But, uh Yeah. So that's the one jersey you still need, and you're still looking for that. Yeah. So the seven that you got are duplicates of what you have for giveaways? or uh, They're mostly for giveaways. Okay. Yeah, there's one, for, just for an example, my Anaheim jersey doesn't have a player, uh, a name on the back, a player. Uh, so I got an Anaheim jersey at a really good price with the player on the back. I'm not going to tell you who the player is. You'll see that tomorrow. 
So that means that I can, I'm keeping the jersey that I bought, just bought, but I'm giving, I'm taking my Anaheim jersey that I own and putting it in the giveaway pile. So, so. this is a post-to-post worn jersey that, that you're going to be giving away. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Like a game-worn jersey. Uh, it's it's worn it's on TV. Yeah, a game-worn jersey. That's, that's pretty substantial. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I hope I get that. I can put it on eBay and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else is in there? Uh, I want to, there is a certain jersey that I have that I want to frame, but when I frame that jersey, I lose that, the ability to wear that team's jersey because I only have one from that team. So okay. I had to buy a replacement for that team at a really good price. So, cool. uh, anyways, you'll see all the jerseys tomorrow. I'll get into it. Nice. Uh, speaking of jerseys though, we're going to be doing the December jersey giveaway pretty soon, that video. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're, we're, we're pretty close to be able being able to give away an Adidas jersey every single month. Right now, we, we're giving away uh, a Reebok jersey. It's just, if I could get, I did the math, if I could get $100 more per month on Patreon, then I could give away an Adidas jersey every single month. That's 10 people. So if ten, if only 10 more people contributed $10 a month each to the jersey giveaway level, we could start giving away Adidas jerseys, which mm. I think there's way more value in an Adidas jersey than a Reebok jersey. So cool. uh, if you're, if you've thought about contributing before, or if you want to be part of a Jersey giveaway, just give it a, uh, give it some thought, Contri- uh, consider contributing. Uh, the link for Patreon is down below um, in the description. Right on. Next up, the All-Star game. The rosters are finally set with the last men in votes. So mm-hmm. we got Skinner, Landis Gog, Latang, and Dreisaitl all voted in. Carey Price has pulled out of the All-Star game due to injury. Although he's still playing hockey, I don't understand how you can say, no, I'm not going to go to the All-Star game, but then play a game of hockey and then get a shutout. If you're good enough to get a shutout, you're good enough to go to the All-Star game. That's just my opinion. But that being said, I'm extremely happy that he's not going. I'm very happy he's because not going. Because he, if he farts, he could get injured. So I, he just needs to stay home. That's I'm totally fine with that. Yep. Uh, as a Canadians fan, I'm glad that there's no Montreal Canadiens going to be there at the All-Star game representing the team. They I, all get to rest. Yes. Nobody gets hurt. It's awesome. And no one comes home with a swollen head. Yes. Because I think it was a 2015 where Carey Price was tearing up the league. His numbers were amazing. And he went to the All-Star game and it was, I think, in Montreal, was it not? No. Last oh. last one in Montreal was 2009. Okay. Well, it wasn't that then. But anyway, he was at the All-Star game and afterwards... I'm quite sure. I don't know what year it was, but he was there. And after the All-Star game was over, he basically, the air came out of him and he was... Yeah, I, m- I remember that. Yeah. I think Halak maybe was still on the team back then and had to step in. I, I don't, I, I forget now, but I was very disappointed. And something, like it's a switch, right? Everybody has a switch or a couple. Yeah. Some people's switches don't work. <laughs> yeah. Brad Marchand. But uh, anyway, yeah. So I, I'm... Long story short, I'm very happy that all of the members of my team will be home with their feet up yeah. watching the All-Star game, whereas I will be home with my feet up not watching the All-Star game. Yeah, I, I agree yeah. with that. I'm glad there's no Montreal Canadiens players there as a Canadiens fan. However, that doesn't mean it's that that's the right opinion. There are Canadiens fans out there who want to see a player from their team represented, and I think that's probably the right decision. I mean, if you look at, a, you look at it from the outside, I mean... Isn't that the entire point of the All-Star game is to have a player from each team represented, an All-Star from every single team represented? It kind of defeats the whole purpose of the entire All-Star game if you're going to start leaving te- teams out. Like, yeah. if I if I look at at this as just as a hockey fan, say Columbus didn't have a player 
Every other single, every single team in the NHL had a player there except for Columbus. I'd be like, that's not acceptable. Like you need to have a player from every single team. So I'm, I'm disappointed that not only is the all-star game fairly uneventful and uninteresting that with that, there's also the fact that not every single team is represented. So it's just a, it's just one headache after another with, with this all-star game. It needs to be rethought or redone or something or just sent away. I don't, I don't know at this point, but anyway. Mm-hmm. The next on my news is the Rick Nash retirement. Did you hear this? I did. I did. I did hear this just about two days ago when I, when I heard it. I, yeah. I'm, I don't want to say I'm shocked, but... I'm disappointed. He's only 34. He's played uh, 15 seasons. He's an eight-time 30-goal scorer, 805 points, 437 goals, 368 assists in 1,060 games. He's played for the Bruins, the Rangers, and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Instead of just leaving this segment there and moving on to something else, I wanted to do something a little bit different. Okay. I wanted to to go really in-depth with the trade. When Columbus traded Rick Nash, who did they get, and how did it, how did the oh neat. the branch go out? Yeah, okay, okay. So Columbus got Brandon Dubinsky, um, Anisimov, and Tim Erickson, and a 2013 first round pick. Who became? Um, or do we know? So Columbus drafted Kirby Reichel, 19th huh. overall, traded him to Toronto for Scott Harrington. Uh, Scott Harrington currently plays for Columbus. Okay. Artem Anisimov. I uh, was in a package trade to tr- to Chicago for Brandon Saad and a few others. Columbus then traded Saad back to Chicago for Panarin and Tyler Mott. Columbus then trades t- uh, Tyler Mott to Vancouver for Vanek, and then Vanek leaves to free agent leaves for free agency. So there's a there's a bunch of other pieces in there too, but like the that Anisimov original trade, there's like five players, so there's a couple different. Things there's just too many venues for me to search, but it's just interesting that the Nash trade led all the way to the Panarin trade. A lot of dominoes there. Yeah, and now yeah. we're dealing with the Panarin situation where he may or may not sign. We don't know yet. So, um, just it's just interesting how a trade seven years ago or however long ago it was can still have its effects remain, and it changes teams forever. I mean. I, I, Panarin may not be a Columbus Blue Jacket if Columbus didn't trade Nash originally. So, and can you imagine Columbus without Panarin? He scored the, he he uh, scored that OT winner last night. Like, yeah, I remember a few weeks ago I dissected a trade similar where the pick became Match Pacioretty. Yeah, and uh, I, I forget the rest of it all now. I, I don't have my notes anymore. But it was it went out for years and years. I think Recky was in at the beginning of it, something like that, <laughs> and it ended up being Pacioretty going to Vegas. We get uh, yeah. Uh, we get to Tar, who's, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Do you remember when Montreal traded for Andrew Shaw with Chicago? Yeah, but who did we send to Chicago? I forget. It was a pick. A pick, okay. Do you know who that pick became? No, I don't. Alex Dabrinkit. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Which is a shame. <laughs> it is. Although last night Shaw did well. Shaw's been having some good hockey lately. Yeah, lately. Lately. Anyways, that doesn't uh, mean that the Columbus drama is, or the Columbus conversation is over. The Columbus Blue Jackets have told Bobrovsky to stay home. Wow. Stay home. So what happened at the airport? 
Well, the players spoke to him, but the incident that they spoke to him about happened prior to the airport. So the airport was only a talking to where the players cornered him outside the plane and gave him the law, laid it down for him. But it actually happened, I think, back at the rink when he, when he was pulled, he walked in the dressing room, took off his stuff and left. Really? Yeah. I think that's, I think that's the actual offense. Now, whether he left the building or left the dressing room or just went and hid in a corner, I don't know. But he basically took his stuff off, which is is really sending a message, a bad message. Okay, so the players themselves yes. told Bobrovsky to stay home? or There are two stories. Uh, one is the players themselves told Bobrovsky what they thought of his antics. Now, I don't know. I don't imagine they would have told him to stay home. I don't think they have that kind of authority. I was going to say, yeah. But uh, they told him what they thought of him or so maybe what they thought of that action, not him personally, but uh, they told him how, how it upset them. And th- there's another story that he and Torts got into it, but that's denied every place I've seen that, you know, you would expect if there's something wrong with the Blue Jackets, Tortorella's in the middle <laughs> of it somewhere because he's got such a temper. But apparently from the denial I read, or two or three denials, he wasn't in the middle of that. Hmm. So I, I, I don't know if anyone other than Bob himself and a few others really know what went down there. That's very interesting. Yeah, but we do know the result, which is very shocking. I don't know if I've heard that before. I mean, he's potentially the biggest star in the team. Mm-hmm. I mean, Panarin's there and stuff, but in my opinion, Bobrovsky is their star. It's cr- like, can you imagine if Crosby had a bad night and threw a little fit and the team told Crosby to sit home? Did you see Nathan McKinnon's bad night? Yeah, I did see that. He threw a bit of it. The funniest part was when he fell off the bench. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and Landis, it was Landis Cog, wasn't it? Had to pick I'm him up sure. again. He was sitting beside him. And he had to pick him up again and get him seated and, and basically told him, smarten up. Yeah. Because he was jawing with the coach. And uh, I'm okay with that, though. I'm cool with it. And it handled so well. He spoke later on. Uh, I think the very next day he did a media availability of some kind or, or, or a few interviews and explained, you know, that he was upset. Uh, he was out of line and he knew that. And uh, they dissected it quite well on, on the talk show last night between periods on, on CBC. And it was handled well. It was a bad start, but a pretty good finish to the do, whole. Do you think situation. it was wrong for him to chirp to the coach? Yes. I, I don't. Oh, I, I definitely do. If you're going to chirp to the coach, go ahead. Don't do it on the bench when the game is underway and the, every camera in, this, in, the, in the rink is at you. Why? Because you just took a hissy fit and threw your water bottle. No, he wasn't throwing a hissy fit. He was, hey, he was showing emotion. He was upset. He's pissed off. Yeah, sure he but is. There's nothing wrong with that. Players all understand that. Coaches make decisions for reasons that they always don't understand. Well, the happens co- all the time. The coach told him to settle down. Yeah. Like, who cares? But you could tell the coach wasn't overly upset. You could just tell the way he was like, no. he, he kind of looked over and. Oh, he just told and, him to settle uh, down. That was it. Yeah. And then McKenna told Judas him to gum. pound sand or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. It was unfortunate. I think that's fine. I, if you, I, think it's, I think it's good that he showed emotion. I like what he did. And, I, I, I love the emotion. Be mad at your stick. Be mad at your water and bottle. And that's what he was doing, though. Yeah. No, but then he, he turned to the coach. Because the coach told him to settle down. Nah. So you're telling him to be mad at the stick and be mad at the water bottle, which he was doing. Yeah, but he was he was being mad out loud. So? And he was dissing the coach. He was, he was he, dissing. He the, had to be. No, yeah. he wasn't. He had to be. No, he wasn't. 
Are you a lip reader? Are you a, a licensed registered lip reader? Yes, since 2011. <laughs> I have my credentials. I have. I am somewhat of a lip reader. I do know some words very well because I see them a lot. I have no NHL. issue. I and I'm I'm actually upset at the coach for telling him to settle down. Colorado has lost so many games recently, and in one of your players, your best player, is pissed off on the bench about what's going on, and you're going to tell him to settle down? No, you should be thanking him for showing that for him showing that emotion. Well, but he's not showing the emotion because he's mad at himself because of a play he just botched on the ice. He's mad because the coach did not pull the goalie early enough to give them a chance to go on offense. I don't think so. He was mad with the coach's decision. Oh, I'm quite sure. You think so? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I do. Hmm. He was really ticked that the goalie wasn't pulled early enough to enable them to mount a, a proper comeback. He, he just waited too long, and he, that's what he was mad at. He's used to Patrick Waugh when, when Patrick Waugh coached and pulling goalie with four minutes and 30 seconds or whatever. Do you remember when he did that? I do, and statistics show. That someone did a stat. I saw it, and it's got to be true because it was on the internet. The The actual optimal time to pull a goalie, if you're one goal down, and there's there's different times if you're home, if you're away, where the face-off is in the arena at the moment and yeah. who's, who's got last stick in the dot and all that. So there's other metrics that go with that. But the the latest time you should pull a goalie in any circumstance is about three and a half minutes left. Yeah. Statistically speaking, if you just wait till the last minute, you've blown Absolutely. quite a bit of time. Yep. I, I when I read the stat, I was shocked. But numbers don't lie, mm. right? Yeah. Anyway, I've seen a goalie pulled with seven minutes left. I think there was the team was three down and they needed to win to get in the playoffs or something. So yeah, that, that kind of thing. Yeah, that sounds too. familiar actually. Yeah, it's pretty rare, but. Mm. So yeah. uh, anyway, back to the Columbus situation. I can't see Bobrovsky staying with the Columbus at the end of the year oh. if he stays, if he doesn't get traded. So now we need to start thinking about trade destinations. What teams do you think Bobrovsky would excel with? Well, he oh, or what teams need a goalie like Bobrovsky? Like what teams are missing that franchise goalie to build around? There are competitive teams that are missing goalie talent. There are some non-competitive teams like Philadelphia, for instance, who they have flashes of brilliance in net, uh, rookie flashes, but they've, they've needed solid goaltending for a while. Yep. You've got a team like Florida who can rely on a very good goaltender, but there's an expiry date on that man. Uh, so that's, uh, that's kind of where I think. But. I think it was three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you could be right. Yeah. Of course, the complicating factor is, is Bobrovsky has an airtight no-trade clause to anywhere. It's not just oh. a list. It's not just a list he can veto. He's a, he's a no-trader right now. Hmm. Now, they could ask him to waive that if there's a chance he might want to go somewhere else. But he doesn't seem to be able or willing to do anything that the team would want. <laughs> yeah. Like if, if the team wants him to do something, he's going to do the opposite by the look of that. Uh, yeah, I guess. He... I went through the teams, and here's the teams that I think he could. Here's the teams that he could potentially go and improve the team, in my opinion, or ha- has room for him to play a little bit. Florida, like you already mentioned, mm. Carolina. Yeah. I feel like Carolina's had some goaltending struggles the past couple of years, and they've got a pretty good group in front of them. So if they had solid goaltending, they could do something. New Jersey, Schneider's. I don't. I don't know what's going on with Schneider. Kincaid came in, played great, and now it's Mackenzie Blackwood, Blackwood. Who's awesome. Yeah. He's awesome. But still, they need, like, they can't just keep bringing up the next big thing in New Jersey. Uh, Philadelphia, like you are, you said that. Uh, Philadelphia, I mean, Bobrovsky once played in Philadelphia, so he could go back there. Mm-hmm. Ottawa, I feel, 
maybe, because there's been rumors of Craig Anderson leaving and a whole bunch of other stuff. So uh, St. Louis, I feel like him going to St. Louis is the optimal destination because Jake Allen, unfortunately, is really struggling in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. I think he needs just a new team. He needs to change the channel. There's nothing wrong with Jake Allen's physical ability to track pucks and get in the way of pucks. Uh, it's, it's, it's up there. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I really think that that could potentially work. Now you have this new guy, Bennington, who is, we'll talk about that a little bit later, hey. but, uh, he's yeah. on a bit of a roll, but sure anyway, is. uh, Calgary, you, Mike Smith's the starter at the beginning of the year, but every time you play him, there's question marks. So you yeah. need to play David Riddick, who's been absolutely outstanding this year. Mm-hmm. Just unreal. But so... Do you really want to put Bobrovsky in Calgary, send Smith the other way and say, Riddick, you know, you've been playing amazing hockey this year. Can you sit on the bench? We'd like to play Bobrovsky. <laughs> Probably not going to happen, but yeah. I don't think Smith's the answer in, in Calgary, so you might want to think long-term with that option. And it's funny, here we're talking about Calgary and how fragile they are. <laughs> Second in the league. <laughs> Second in the league, and they're running away in the West. Yeah. Running away. Uh, good for them. So maybe they can handle what's coming uh, without a marquee goalie like Bob, but he'd be a, it'd be a perfect destination for him too. Yeah. Even and, as a rental. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. They, just for their push. Yeah. Until they get things settled down there. Uh, Edmonton. Edmonton's been so streaky uh, in that. I don't like, yeah. I, I like Talbot a lot as a, as a goaltender and as a person. I don't want to see him leave or get traded or God forbid be sent down or something like that. But uh, Edmonton needs solid goaltending because mm. they have struggled the last two years. And I have Vancouver down here as well. Mm-hmm. Vancouver have, really hasn't had a solid goaltender since Luongo, I guess. Yeah. Miller came in for, I think, a year and was not that great. He was okay. But, yeah, I mean, Vancouver has a lot of incredible young talent. It'd be nice if they had a established goaltender to build around as well. Yeah. So, anyways, those are the teams that I think could go to. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you're right. And, again, those are, uh, they'll all probably have their checkbook out to see if they can yeah. harvest him on July 1st. If not before, yeah. I expect the ownership group in Columbus will get some calls and maybe they'll reach out through Bobrovsky's agent to see if there is any chance that he would waive his no trade just for the health of everybody. Yeah, uh, Maybe he'll do that. Maybe he'll come around, but uh, it's not good. Mm. It's not getting any better soon. My pick is St. Louis. I think so. that's a great choice for him. For Keeps him. him in the States. He's not far away. Yeah. Uh, from where he was. So I think the culture is the same. If the trade happens soon enough, St. Louis can still make it the playoffs. Yeah. So, I mean, they, and I still can't wait, even without him, I think is, there's potential there, but yeah. still. Anyway, uh, my players of the week, would you like to hear them? I would. Any guesses? Um, well, we haven't talked about all the great things that happened last night, so uh, I don't really pay attention other than the Saturday night <laughs> games. So I don't know how, how well people have been doing. All right. So go for it. Uh, Patrick Kane, four games played, two goals, seven assists, nine points. However, do you know what his plus minus was? Oh, no. Zero. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So because of that, I'm going to have a secondary player of the week. All right. Tomas Hurdle. Okay. Four games played, two goals, only three assists, so five points. Five points in four games, still pretty good, but he was a plus seven. Oh. So he was on the ice for goals that he didn't contribute on. Yeah. I mean, not not directly or secondary. Yeah. But, uh, cool. Yeah. And he wasn't probably wasn't on the ice for goals against either. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, good stuff. Um, what about my, what about my goalie of the week? Um, my Bennington. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> Jordan Bennington. Three games played, three wins. He did good. Point nine. Uh, seven four save percentage, zero point six seven goals against average. <laughs> um, but there were some other good goalies this week as well. Martin Jones, David Riddick, and Devin Dubnik all had four wins this week. Oh, Although wow. Devin Dubnik did not look good last night. No, but no, I still put him on the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. That's all I got for um news other than the game recap stuff so you want to jump into the game recaps are you are you okay with that i I think i am okay with that i don't think i have other major news items i wanted to cover outside the context of the game recaps themselves the the game recaps that i've taken notes on they will raise issues that i like to talk about raise issues that's well they'll raise issues absolutely interesting uh the first game was the new jersey and philadelphia game new jersey won three two uh blackwood was great again just Mm -hmm. a, a fantastic story there in new jersey unfortunately the team's not doing that great. They're still a little bit low in the standings, but uh, he's playing some absolutely incredible hockey and uh, winning them some games. Um, but that, it's, that game wasn't as close as it looked because Philadelphia scored a goal with like two seconds left or something like that. Yeah, that was something else. Uh, they had, I think, mounted a pretty good offense there late in the third to get They did, close. yeah, they did. And then it was, it was a couple of broken plays at both the New Jersey end and then down in the Philadelphia end. And someone fed Couturier, I forget who it was, at the balloon, and he, he stepped in and scored with two seconds to go, and it made it 3-2, and, and just looking at the scoreboard, you'd think, wow, but really it wasn't wow. Yeah, no. It's- and it's another one of those games where the team that lost won the face-off battles and had the most shots. Yeah, I think uh, Philadelphia's like 54% in the face-off circle yep. or something. Were they? Yep, and they outshot 34 to 26. Yeah. So... Uh, New Jersey brought it home. The one thing I'll take away from that game is not so much what happened on the ice, but I don't know if I've watched a game broadcast from New Jersey uh, in its entirety like I did most of yesterday afternoon. They had that on our local sports network as the as the first game of the day on what usually includes maybe five games in the run of a day for us here in Canada. I saw it, I I saw. Uh, what I thought was a too low camera angle from the Prudential Center where the camera was so low that a lot of the play, like really from the chest down of any player that was closer than five feet to the near boards, couldn't see them. It was like really low and odd. It was hard for me to get my perspective properly. Hmm. Uh, so I, it's not something they can fix, but I'm just guessing that the, the, the rink seating, rather than being nice and steep and have a camera up high, it must be quite shallow on its way out. I don't know that it is. I, do you think every arena gets to choose where their camera stations are, or do you think that's an NHL decision? I think it would be an arena decision because there are several leagues that play in each arena. Uh, You've got NBA, you've got whatever. So I'm thinking it's not just a league, but I'm sure the leagues have a shopping list of what they'd like for their ideal camera uh, post or post plural posts, (laughs) like in every corner. Post to post. Oh, (laughs) I see what you did there. Yeah, mm. it was a good game. I, Blackwood was fantastic. Yeah, it was. A, it was actually a pretty good game. He, yeah. Yeah, Carter Hart would, uh, took the loss, and he wasn't bad either. No, he made he, some. He made some made really some good dandies, saves. Some yeah. real dandies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next game was the Ranger and Islander game, an actually pretty important game for the Islanders. But the Rangers won two one. Uh, the Islanders are so good defensively. I know they lost the game, but 
there were situations in that game where uh, the Rangers were having a few chances, and the Islanders just like completely collapse in on on the goaltender and just make this wall. It's like a Spartan war move or something. I don't know. They just all collapse together. Uh, they're so good defensively. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't enough though because the Rangers scored some interesting goals and uh, one two one. They did. Bovillier opened the scoring, so it was looking good for New York. Yeah, Islanders rather, and then uh, the Rangers scored. I think. Uh, Zuccarello's goal was fairly late in the game. It wasn't near the very end. It was like five minutes to go, something like that, when they broke the tie because the Rangers were trailing most of the game. And they came back and tied it and then went ahead and hold, held on. Yeah. I was watching, well, mm-hmm. trying to watch the game. I couldn't find it on any channel in English or en français. It was not on our TV anywhere. I finally found the audio broadcast on my phone on TuneIn Radio. So I found the the feed for the Islanders home uh, network. Ah. So I listened to it on the radio nice. for the last five minutes. Classic. Follow it. Now, I don't dislike the Islanders. In fact, I like them a lot. I also like the Buffalo Sabres. But the team I like the most is going to be fighting with both of those teams for only two available playoff spots by the look of things. So I have to cheer against the Islanders and against Buffalo until they're no longer a factor yeah. because they're too far above or, or uh, too close. Exactly, so. yeah. The Islanders have kind of hovered around that wild card spot and then Buffalo's come down to the wild card spot because mm. Boston moved up and yeah. it's complicated. Yeah, and currently Buffalo is, is actually out of the wild card spot officially. The Islanders are in. Oh, really? Yeah, Buffalo is out. Buffalo and Montreal are essentially tied because although Montreal has more points, Buffalo has games in hand. So if you do it my math way, they're both a plus seven. Mm. So it's a bit of a toss up. The Islanders are a plus nine. They're actually ahead. So even though it looks like Montreal has the first wild card spot in the standings right now, it's really, the only way that really works is if the Islanders lose the next three straight. I don't think that's going to happen because they hold three games in hand. Yeah. And if they just even tie one of those games, I think they're, they're above Montreal. So to be realistic. Uh, I just, I was listening to you, but I was thinking about something else at the same time. Okay. It was about the way that Canadi- Canadians say a certain word and the way, way that Americans say a certain word. All right. Uh, the word O-U-T. Yeah. How do Canadians say it? Well, they say out. Yeah, out. Out. Um, now, the Americans, when they hear that, they hear oot. Oot. <laughs> but that's not what we're saying. No. But when we say we're going out and about... The Americans hear that as oot and a boot. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it isn't. And I don't know why. I don't know how we I don't know how we can reconcile that. I don't but know. That's either. not what we're saying. How do now, they say it? They say out. 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 It's so much work. It's like a, a mosquito's out. <laughs> it's like that. And what I knowing we have a large US audience, I try to say it more close. I can't to co- their I can't way. consciously do it. It's so much work. <laughs> like driving <clears throat> on the street and I have to go around around about. Like it's so much work. No. <laughs> but I, I do. I, I try and I fail. But I'm, I, I'm too set in my ways to, ch- to change it up. I'm, I apologize. Yeah. I'm Canadian. I'm really Canadian. Yeah, so. well, you're apologizing. <laughs> there, that's that's there part go. of being Canadian. <laughs> exactly. We're yeah. sorry. We're from Canada. Yeah. yeah we're sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, next game, the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Buffalo Sabres. Tampa Bay won 5-3. to three. Now, Buffalo had the lead twice in this game. They did. Like, that. that's... That's not really Buffalo's problem because Tampa Bay does this to every single team in the league. Uh, they have the ability to come back, whether it's a goal down or four goals down. That's just Tampa Bay's culture. 
They just have the ability and the skill set and the players to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's friggin' annoying, but they can, they can do it. And they did it to Buffalo last night. Uh, came back twice, tied them, and then eventually took the lead. And uh, Here's how good they are coming back. Uh, Tampa Bay, the last eight times Tampa Bay was down or behind after the first period, yep. they've won seven of those games. Wow. <laughs> the last eight times. Wow. And that's just insane. Hmm. And they did it again yesterday. Uh, it was another one of those games, not by a large margin, but Buffalo had the face-off advantage and Buffalo had the more shots. Yeah. And uh, Ulmark was playing in that for Buffalo and Domingue was there for Tampa Bay. So you're, you were seeing, I think both, certainly Tampa Bay plays today. I'm not sure if the, the Sabres do or not, but they're trying yeah. to manage their goalies a little bit here. Yeah. But it was... Uh, it was good. Now, there's a, actually a fine that came out of that game. What? A fine. Money was paid. Yeah, I know, I know what a fine is. Okay. <laughs> you just seem to be really Tell me what the fine is. Um, in, about halfway through the third, um, Sergachev uh, cross-checked Larson up high <clears throat> and got a double minor. Larson was down with a bit of blood. I think it was kind of in the mouth area. Anyway, they find him. The, the wow. They find him 2100 bucks or 2400 bucks. It's the maximum under the CBA. And they find him, yeah. Uh, I don't remember there being an issue of it being discipline worthy at the time it happened, but uh, yeah, he got a fine. That was announced about a couple hours ago. So many things that go on in the run of the past two years that I could have, we could have seen fines for. Mm -hmm. I mean, granted, I have not seen the play, so maybe I shouldn't comment, but it just seems strange to me that, like if if it was pretty bad, I feel like I would have heard about it before I made this podcast. Because I did quite a bit of research and looked online and stuff, I didn't hear, didn't see it. it's a single thing about it. So. it, it well, it might have got announced more recently than that. It came off of like the NHL website or something, oh. or ES, ESPN. Oh. Take that for what it's worth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I did. Sorry, I forgot to mention something about the uh, Rangers Islanders game. Right. I thought Georgiev was really good. Georgiev was amazing. He was really. Yeah, he good. played really well. I really just wanted to say he, the name. He's but... very good goalie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other game after that was the Boston-Toronto game. Mm. Boston won 3-2. I believe Boston has beaten Toronto three of the last four times that they've competed against each other. Uh, yeah. In fact, they're done playing for the regular season now. They, they've they've really? already played their four games. And they won't meet again un- unless they meet in the playoffs. Wow. And it looks like they're going to meet each other in the first round. Yeah, they the probably way it's going. will, yeah. But yeah, Buffalo, or sorry, Boston has is 3-1 and one over Toronto in that uh, series. Hmm. Yeah, between the two teams. Uh, Toronto had some pretty bad defensive breakdowns in that game that led to Boston goals. Um, and I hate to say this, I really hate to say this, but I like Toronto's goal song a lot. And I know you don't. I can't I, stand it. I love it. It's I awesome. I can't stand it. There's so many more songs. There's, I, I would say there's at least 3,000 other songs that would be way better than that thing no way. that they play. Hall and Oates, are you kidding me? It's awesome. There are some good Hall and Oates songs. None of them apply to hockey, and this is one of them. <laughs> and but the only difference with this one and the other Hall, this is not even a good Hall and Oates song. Yes, it is. It's one of their worst songs. No, it's not. It's a the classic. It's awesome. It's it's just the best song Hall and Oates ever did was "Rich Girl," and it's fantastic. And it's it predates you uh, by quite. I a I don't while. even know that song, so uh, I'm not going to sing it for you because we don't want to lose listeners. Why not? You're a world-class singer. I'm not a world-class yes, singer. don't and lie. You know it. Don't lie. You know you it. You got plaques on the wall upstairs. You are <laughs> a liar. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm going to give you a Pinocchio award if, if there's any left after they gave them all away to the president. Yeah. Uh, now the game, I know you've been waiting to talk about the Montreal Canadiens and Colorado Avalanche game. Oh, Montreal, did they play last night? Montreal won 3-0. Shout out Colorado. Uh, I thought Montreal played a really, really strong uh, effort game. I felt like they put 110% into that game in the defensive end, in the neutral zone, and in the offensive end. Um, and that Montreal was 61% in the face-off circle. Hold on. Let me say that again. Montreal was 61%. I literally do not remember the mm-hmm. last time Montreal had a face-off percentage in a game over 55%. It's been, I think, been years, honestly. And almost all of that was Deneau. Yeah. Philippe Deneau. He went 71.4% personally. Two of his face-off wins ended up being assists for him wow. because he drew the puck back to the, to the guy who scored the goal. Hmm. And the last two goals uh, by Montreal... Uh, scored, well, the very last one, the empty netter by Jordy Ben. That was a Philip Deneau face-off win yeah. that Ben got behind the net and threw it in the other net. And I guess the, the first one was the shorthanded goal. Was the shorthanded Kulak. goal. Yeah, Kulak. Right back to Kulak and boom. Mm. Uh, Drouin played amazing. Which is We know rare. he's capable of it. We know he's got the talent. He's that's, got all kinds of talent. That's the thing about Drouin. He could be a he could be a superstar. He could be a Johnny Gaudreau in this league. Yeah. But he just, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand it. It was a bit of a statement game for him, too, because he and Nathan McKinnon were teammates in the Halifax Mooseheads, if yeah. you go back far enough. Memorial Cup. Yeah, year. Memorial Cup winners. And I'm sure there's always a little friendly competition. These guys will be brothers forever because of that run. Mm-hmm. But there's about a lot of family competition going on here. And Drouin really brought it. And he he was amazing. He did all the, the same things he did before, but this time he looked first. Yeah, that's all That's it the only difference. Just look first and make the same pass. It's going to be more accurate. Yeah. The, the play that resulted in the Kotkaniemi goal, just after the shorthanded goal was scored and Montreal tied the game, uh, Montreal had tremendous pressure in Colorado end. Tremendous. Colorado was bagged. They were just bagged. They weren't bagless. They were bagged. <laughs> And it was a good two, two and a half minutes of just constant pressure by Montreal. Montreal got two full line changes in and hemmed Colorado into their zone. Now, two minutes of that was a power play for Montreal. And Colorado did a great job of killing off the penalty. But once the penalty was killed off, Landeskog got the puck in the Colorado zone, about halfway between the net and the blue line, kind of in the center area. And he was so tired, he could hardly get the puck out. He did manage to get it out. But Brendan Gallagher raced off the bench so quick that, and this is in the third period where Colorado's got the close change and Montreal is the close change. So Colorado's bench is right there. Yeah. They, Montreal still prevented them. Even though they cleared the puck across the blue line, Montreal still prevented them from getting a full change in. Gallagher brought the puck back in as soon as everybody else reset, gave it to Drouin, and Drouin knew what he wanted to do from the time he had that yeah, puck. Yeah, he waited. He was waiting. He was waiting for Kotkaniemi <clears throat> to get into the play. And he finally showed up and Drouin made one of those seam passes, as they call them, and that was it. Yeah. And it was fantastic. It was about a 15 or 20 second chess game that was going on on the ice. And Drouin was in charge the whole time. Mm. He was amazing. Yeah. He got he got third star. Uh, Carey Price got second star. That's his second shutout in five games. It's the first time he's had two shutouts in a five-game spread in about three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't mean anything. I think it's his fourth shadow of the year. Third. Third? So, yeah. yeah and the first star was Dano mm. because of those two face-off yep. wins and just being so dominant in the face-off circle, which is amazing. You're putting yourself up against 
the Colorado Avalanche's best line, which is arguably the best line in the league. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and you got Mc, Mc, McKinnon, you got Landeskog, uh, Rantanen, and shut shut the three of them down and won faceoffs against them and won faceoffs against guys like that and ended up scoring on those faceoff wins. It was tremendous. Montreal put it all together. It was amazing. Mm. And I think it might be the, uh, the the commentators and announcers that I was listening to, and I watched the whole game on the French Channel. They thought it was the first time that Carey Price got a shutout at home on a Saturday night and did not get first star. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really? They, and they're not sure about that because they don't keep track of those, you know, foolish statistics. But uh, it was something else. I know someone who likes when you speak French. Can you speak a little French for them? Uh, pas de problème. Uh, je parle un peu de français. Chaque, uh, chaque, chaque semaine. Uh, who likes that? T-Park. Oh, T-Park. Yeah. T-Park. Il aime le français, T-Park. <laughs> Bonjour, Cordell. Ça va bien? <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. Okay, no problem. But the game was great. I watched it, uh, like I say, in the French Channel. Um, there was uh, a little little bit of rough stuff that uh, Delorier almost got into, and I know you would have loved to have seen it develop into something more, but it didn't. Delorier had a good game. He wasn't on the score sheet. Uh, Gallagher had a fantastic game, and he wasn't on the score sheet, but he was quite dominant uh, in the game uh, with possession, the possession game. Uh, so you would have really uh, enjoyed that. That was the 3,500th win for the Montreal Canadiens in the franchise history since 19, well, whether you count from 09 when the team was actually formed yeah. or 1917 when the league started up, I'm not sure where, but 3,500 wins. Uh, and that would be league leading. Oh yeah, it would have yep. to be. And this guy right here. Yuppie. Yuppie is featured on the desk today because... Yesterday was Yuppie's 40th birthday. He's getting old. Bon anniversaire, Yuppie. He's like, I mean, he's, he's going to have to think about retiring soon. Pretty soon. Pretty well, soon. What's their next mascot? Putin? Uh, uh, it's going to be Yuppie. It's still going to be Yuppie? Yuppie is uh, Yuppie forever. Okay. Yeah. Um, they they gave out Yuppie-type hair really? hat things to the crowd. That's awesome. So when they pan through the crowd, you saw people with these kind of paper hats, but then all this troll type hair standing straight up out of them and, and they could wave it around and stuff. So all these people were dressed up as Yuppie. That's awesome. Uh, out, out in the arena, and which creep- is great. Awesome and creepy. Yeah. Because Yuppie is probably the creepiest mascot. He's, you know, no, he's not creepier, creepier than Gritty. Gritty's not creepy. He's scary. Gritty. You think Yuppie's creepy? Gritty will shank you. Yuppie's not creepy. Yuppie will molest you. It's <laughs> the difference. Well, you, you're something wrong with you. There's something wrong with Yuppie. Look at him. He's fine. No, Yuppie's creepy. a good fella. No. Um, but, uh, it was, it was good. Yuppie, of course, he wasn't always the Montreal Canadiens. We didn't have one for a long Not time. Not many teams did back then. No, no. Uh, it's more of a recent thing trying to get kids maybe interested, but Yuppie was the mascot of the Montreal Expos in yep. baseball. Then when the Expos folded up and moved to Washington and became the Nationals, we had, Yuppie lost his job. Yeah. And finally the Montreal Canadiens hired him on and he became the Montreal mascot. He's great. Yep. And there he is right here in the desk. So congratulations, Yuppie. Yeah. Um, anything to say about that game before we move on to the next one? Uh, let me check my notes. I think, uh, I think I'm good. All right. Yeah. Uh, the Columbus-Washington game was the next one. I actually watched, of all the games on TV, I watched the most of this one because that was, uh, the one that was on the TV for the longest while I said Boston Pizza. Columbus won 2-1 in overtime. I hope we left the game. Did you it? see that? I did, but I didn't see the aftermath. Is it, did he post any pictures of what happened? Or No, in fact, uh, 
media was being told that they would get some update word on Holtby's situation today. So there was nothing after that. He, he left. Maybe they were worried about a scratch of his eyeball or something yeah. and that stick went in <clears> on his mask. But uh, it was not an intentional dirty play or anything. It was just no, no, no. there's players no, standing yeah. there and the stick caught him from the left side in his mask and actually looks like it shoved his mask right off. Yeah, it did. And the blade of the stick was in around his eye area. And he was able to skate off the ice, but he was clearly holding his, his face. And Did he and, come back to the bench? Yeah, he skated back to the bench and then right down the tunnel. No, but did he come back after? No. I didn't think so. No. I was looking for him on the bench when I was watching. I couldn't see him. Yeah, but. No, he was done after that. Hmm. Uh, and then they put in... Uh, Corpus Allo. Uh, or not Corpus Allo. No, uh, uh. <laughs> Phoenix Copley and uh, played very well. He did play very well. Very well. I was thinking about Corpus Allo because... Um, Corpus Allo played for Columbus. Uh, yeah, Bobrovsky wasn't in that, so Cor- Corpus Allo had to play. Yeah. yeah. Usually, Bobrovsky would have played a game like against Washington, um, but... And Corpus Allo played great. He mm. made some awesome saves. He was amazing. Uh, now the goal, I'm going to have a question for you. The goal that was scored in overtime by Panarin, did you see what happened after that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Kuznetsov had scored the tying goal in yeah. the third and did the bird. And it, it's almost like they all talked about it at the bench or something. If we score, we're going to do the bird. We're, we're going to do the bird in their in their building, and we're going to show them what the bird looks like. So they mocked the celebration. Oh, man. But I don't, like, it's funny. As a, like, as a, as a viewer, that's funny. <laughs> But karma, I mean, I don't think Columbus has the right to mock Washington because usually Columbus has a hard time beating Washington and they had a two-game-to-nothing lead mm, in the yes, playoffs against them last year. Yes, they did. I don't think they have the right to mock them, but entertaining regardless. It was entertaining, and I'm interested to see what Don Cherry or some of the commentators will say next week about that, if they if there's, if it's still news then. It yeah. may not be by then. But Don Cherry talks often about the hockey gods. They'll get you if you run up a lead or if you do something that ticks the other team off. This is that kind of thing. And Washington probably went in their dressing room after a 2-1 overtime loss. They still got a point out of it. And I imagine Ovechkin and some of the other guys are standing up and say, do you ever want to see that happen to you again? Ever? Yeah. And they might have had to talk to Kuznetsov too. So, you know, di- dial it down a little bit because clearly it's becoming a thing. Yeah. But uh, Columbus may regret doing that. Columbus will not beat Washington the next time that they face each other. I I would bet $100. Ooh, big money. Yeah. $100 Canadian or American? Um. Definitely Canadian. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's, not, like, that's not a bet at all, then. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's meaningless bet. Yeah, really? That's like Monopoly money. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, the other game... Did you notice Washington had their old jerseys? Like their oh, retro? yeah. I love those. That that, they whole, were great. That uniform is awesome. They were great, yeah. Absolutely love it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the next game after that was the Detroit-Minnesota game. Uh, Detroit won 5-2. to two. Dominic was so hot and cold. What happened there? He let in some questionable goals. He was screened a few times and was obviously a little frustrating, but I really felt like Detroit played a pretty complete game. Mm-hmm. Um, they looked good offensively. They were all over the place. So Vanek woke up, two goals. Vanek got two, and Tyler Bertuzzi got the other three. And Vanek had played with Minnesota for a while. Yeah, I yes, believe he, did. he had 93 points with Minnesota. Over three there. years. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a really good... Really good game yep. by uh, by Vanek. And the whole team, really, Bertuzzi got the hat trick. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was actually a pretty big win for Detroit. So Yeah, it was, I was surprised. I would not have picked that. Mm. Now, the Vegas Golden Knights played the Chicago Blackhawks, and the Vegas won a 4-3 in overtime. Wow. Chicago looked pretty good offensively. Yeah. Really good, actually. But defensively, not so much. 
Chicago was ahead 2-1. Sorry, 2-0. And then 3-1 later on. Yeah. So Vegas really had to climb up out of the hole. Excuse me. Yes. Yes, they did. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I think like Tampa Bay. You have so many offensive threats on there. Like you could send 17 guys to the All-Star game. Vegas, it's all about depth. It's kind of like Nashville. They have so much depth. The Carpenter goal that I be- I can't remember which goal. I think it was the tying goal maybe or I can't remember. Uh, I think it was the, the one that tied a 3-3 possibly. Right. Uh, but that goal is the epitome of what Vegas is all about. A guy from the third line or whatever walks in and takes a wrist shot and scores. Like this is the kind of depth that you get from Vegas. And that's like, that's why they're so successful. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Very cool. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a good game. I watched the highlights. Next game was the St. Louis-Dallas game. Yeah. St. Louis won 3-1 to one over Dallas. Bennington was great. He was amazing. Uh, St. Louis power play goal. What? I have no idea what I mean by that. St. Louis. I have written down St. Louis power play goal. I think I just, just because they got one. So oh. they, they were good. In, okay. Yeah, I know. They were good in the power play. St. Louis power play goal. They were 51% in the faceoff. I felt Bishop was a little meh. Mm-hmm. He let in some meh goals. Um, but a big win for for Bennington. Uh, St. Louis absolutely needs 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 wins. Like if they ha- have any chance of making the playoffs, they have to turn it up. So hopefully that continues. Mm-hmm. Uh, San Jose played Ottawa four to one. Jones was outstanding. 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 <laughs> outstanding. Um, I watched all of that game. Did you see Ottawa's face-off percentage? No, I didn't look at that. 35%. 35% in the face-off circle. Ow. That's not good. Uh, San Jose had some really nice goals as well. So, um, yeah, they're kind of skyrocketing up the uh, list as well. Did you see Burns' goal? It was a big night for Burns. We'll talk about that here for a minute. Is this thousandth game? Or thousandth game actually was uh, a few days earlier on the road. So this was the first home game since he hit the thousand. Yeah. But he scored the second goal. Ended up being the winning goal of the game, right? Uh, CBC completely botched that coverage. On oh, that really? Goal. I missed it. Totally. Burns was coming down the right-hand side, had crossed the blue line, was pinching in, and CBC cut to their corner camera. Of course they did. Looking up the boards towards the other end of the ice, and just long enough to see Burns let the puck go, and then this. <laughs> totally missed the puck going in the net. Uh, it was awful. Now, I know I harp on this a lot, and people are getting a little annoyed with me. I've, I've seen the comments. Mm-hmm. You know, just stop talking about coverage. Anywhere. It's the same thing every week. If you know anybody at Sportsnet who works in the truck or is in charge of them, they must call me <laughs> and explain to me why they cut to that camera at that moment, why they always cut to that camera at that moment, usually seeing only the back of the referee's jersey, but in this case, actually seeing the player take the shot, but not seeing the puck go in the net, they need to explain to me why, because I'm a taxpayer. Oh. And I own part of the CBC, and CBC has a contractual arrangement with Sportsnet, so all the games that are shown on a Saturday night are produced by Sportsnet, but CBC carries them, and that was on the CBC air. I own that air. (laughs) 
and I want to know why I'm not being served. You want answers. I want answers You're because pissed. this is a travesty. If there was a competition between different networks that could show the same game and I was in charge of one of the networks, I would have all the viewers in two weeks. Everybody. <laughs> Boom. And well, CBC would have none. What would you call your network? The One Camera Network. <laughs> That's all you need, boys and girls, because guess what? When you go to a hockey rink and you put down your 500 bucks for your front row seat or your 400 bucks for your lower bowl, yeah. you're watching that game from one place, one camera, right here. You wouldn't call it the goat camera? Right here, and you watch the entire three-hour game with those same two eyes sitting in the one seat. And guess what? You walk out of that game feeling pretty good. Why yeah. can't the viewers have the same feeling? I agree. All right. You were going to swear there, weren't you? Not quite. <laughs> but it was, a, it was a good game. And Burns got that goal, the game-winning goal. The night before, in his, or not the, the game before, in his thousandth game, his real thousandth game, mm -hmm. he got the game-winning goal. Burns did. There in Anaheim go. or wherever it was. Like, it's just great. He steps it up. They had a huge ceremony. The stuff they gave this man was unreal. What did they give him? Well, they got the usual silver hockey stick. Yeah. He got that from the team ownership. He got a, some kind of Tiffany crystal thing. Yawn. But the players got him the following two things. Okay. A fossilized shark's tooth that's oh, yeah. over two and a half million years old. Really? <laughs> and two antelopes. <laughs> <laughs> What? Two. <laughs> they, they got him two. <laughs> they got him two, two antelopes with the big tall horns on them. They're what, from, they're from South Africa. They got him two antelopes from South Africa. <laughs> That he can put on his farm in Texas. He's Wait. got some kind of a game thing. Wait, farm. they actually bought him two antelopes? <laughs> Seriously, as I, as I sit here and live and breathe, they, got, they didn't walk them out in the ice. That's the only thing they oh, didn't do. What? <laughs> wow. And they gave him a really nice painting of himself and, you know, in a, two different reliefs or whatever. And it was, it was really well done. His whole family was out in the audience, his wife, or out on the ice, his wife and his, I think, three kids and his other family members were there. It was great. But when I saw them talking about these two antelopes, I lost it, <laughs> just like I did now. <laughs> two antelopes? Are you kidding me? And someone said afterwards in the uh, post-game talk, you know, that's the best gift ever. <laughs> <laughs> He's obsessed with animals. He has so like over 350 pets or something crazy. And like that, that. that's what this is all about. Yeah. He's got some large game ranch of some kind in Texas where he looks after, I guess, or protects, preserves, whatever. Yeah. And when they interviewed him later, Scott Oak interviewed him, and asked him about the antelopes. He said, it's going to be great because they're going to have babies soon. Uh, so they must, I don't know if they were already uh, expecting when they left South Africa or there's another antelope <laughs> yeah. of the other kind who chased them around and caught them. I don't oh. know. But anyway, they're both going to have little antelopes. But I hope they don't grow their horns till they get out. <laughs> yeah. That would be painful. Yeah. <laughs> but these, they're beautiful, beautiful animals. But I just like, I don't. I don't. <laughs> it's a little, a little strange, but yeah. <laughs> Um, the next game, the Arizona-Edmonton game. Arizona won 3-2. Garland scored a goal with his face. Did you see that? He scored two goals, neither one of them with a stick. Oh, yeah, because the other one went off the other went player. Off the skate. I thought, oh, I thought the, guy, the player got his 
fast. Uh, stick on it. You know, he went off his skate, but it wasn't a kicking motion, so they mm-hmm. allowed it. But that went off his face. Off his face? Good grief. That's a hockey player. I think you should be credited with five goals. Anytime someone scores a goal with their face, five goals on their, <laughs> their stash. I like it. And he had been cross-checked, and he was down yeah. on all fours or even flat. And he was in the process of getting up in the corner of the crease to the goalie's left. And he turns at the last minute to see the shot coming. And he starts to flinch, but he didn't nowhere near quick enough. And yeah. his helmet was already knocked sideways yeah. because of the cross check. So it caught him right above the eyebrow on the left-hand side. Ten stitches. Ouch. They stitched him up. Before the period is over, he's back out in the bench. Yeah. And then the next period he scores the next goal, mm-hmm. the, the second goal. So two goals for him. And not, neither one of them with a stick. Good stuff. And that that's a hockey player right there. What was Talbot doing on that last goal? The shot went above him, and he just kind of like, he skated out of the net and looked around like the play was over. Like, what are you doing? Get in your net. And it bounced right back out in front yeah. of him, didn't it? Yeah. That's like the goal Montreal scored in the Chicago Blackhawks in the 1971 Stanley Cup final. Okie dokie. There's one just like it. <laughs> and it went in too. Um, Arizona scored two power play goals in that game. They did. So that's good to see. Yeah. And both, those are the two Garland goals were power play goals, both of them. Oh, yeah. He was the one who scored. (laughs) Crazy. Uh, The last game of the night was the Los Angeles Kings and Pittsburgh Penguins game. Los Angeles won 5-2. Wow. Pittsburgh is only 43% in the faceoff circle, which is very unusual because Pittsburgh is a very good faceoff team. Mm -hmm. So they struggled there. Uh, But Quick was absolutely unreal. Uh, Win number 301 for Quick, which ties him with Richter. Mike Richter. For fourth. Fourth. Overall wins by a U.S. born goalie. Correct. Yeah. Very well done. So it's pretty cool. Do you know who dropped the opening uh, puck, the uh, ceremonial puck? Good old Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. Snoopy yeah. Snoop. He's a big LA Kings fan. I he think. likes the Anaheim Ducks too, but yeah, yeah he's, he likes the Kings. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah, he did some play by play, I think, too, in that game as yeah. well. Uh, but yeah, that's all That's all the games from last night. Neither one of Pittsburgh's goals were scored on five on five. Uh, Gensel's first goal was shorthanded and his second goal was on the power play. Mm. <laughs> so so mm. Pittsburgh didn't have much of a five-on-five night. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, DeSmith was the goalie and uh, yeah. Sometimes when it's 5-2, it's not as bad as it looks on the scoreboard because it's maybe 3-2 and they pull the goalie and it's 4-2 and they pull the goalie again. But in this case, it was pretty dominant. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was yeah. a 5-2 game. Yeah. Uh, so today's games, we've got Nashville versus Carolina, <clears throat> which may be going on right now. It is. I think it actually is going on right now. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, who do you... I'm picking pick? Nashville for that one. I am as well. Mm-hmm. Anaheim versus Winnipeg. I am picking Winnipeg for that one. I am as well. Okay. Rangers versus Columbus. I am picking the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets because they're, they're home for that game. I am too. All right. Uh, Florida versus Vancouver. Uh, Florida versus Vancouver. I have the Vancouver Canucks winning that game. I have the Florida Panthers winning that Do game. Do you? Well, there's one where we differ. Yeah, and you'll win because y'all, your Sunday predictions are always so good. Last week, seven games, I got six of them right. You got four of them right. Yeah. So mm. age before beauty. Uh, Tampa Bay versus the Islanders. I don't think the Islanders can stand up to that onslaught. This is the game that we talked about it is. in the last podcast or the podcast before that. The best offensive team versus the best defensive team. So... Who's going to win, defense or offense? We'll see tonight. Mm-hmm. This is the game to watch. Um, just today. while we're talking, <laughs> uh, we all we both predict Nashville to beat Carolina after the first period. It's two nothing Hurricane. No, I definitely predicted Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to the videotape. Yeah, uh, and then the last game, Arizona versus Calgary. And Calgary is 
they're, they're, they're stout. And Arizona, I think, is tired after last night, maybe a little emotionally drained. Yeah, so. but they're on a three-game winning streak, I think. Yeah, but they're into Calgary. Like, they're, you know, there's a trip. They probably flew late last night. I think they're a little whacked out. Do you think so, Calgary? I think Calgary. I, I do, too. Do you? <laughs> okay. So the only game we really differ on is the Florida-Vancouver game. Yep. Cool. Well, I'm not staying up late enough to figure out uh, nope. uh, who wins. Nope. No, we'll find out in the morning. Now for streaks, your favorite word. Uh-huh. Uh, for wins, we have San Jose Whee! at six. Cal- what the hell was that? That was a streak. <laughs> you you probably don't remember the song by, uh, I think it was Jim Stafford. No, I have no idea who that is. Uh, there's a song that was big in the 1970s called The Streak. Okay. Yes, they call him The Streak. Wee! Look at that, look at that. The fastest thing on two feet. Back in the 70s, there was a phenomenon called streaking at sporting events like football games. Oh, I know what streaking is. Oh, okay. Well, it was a bigger deal back then because TV cameras were actually dumb enough to follow the streaker <laughs> as opposed to looking into the crowd like they do now. Okay. So now all we just we just hear about a streaker. We never see him. But back then you saw him. All right. And all his glory. Good, uh, good chat. <laughs> uh, wins, San Jose with six. Calgary with four. Tampa Bay with three. And Arizona with three. So one of the, the winning streaks... T- uh, Calgary or Arizona's will come to uh, completion here tonight. Mm-hmm. For losses, Colorado with three in a row, Buffalo with two in a row, and Dallas with two in a row. So, mm. Mm, some mm. teams that were once on the winning side of things now on the losing side of things. We'll see if that continues. But there's other losses. There's other streaks. The Anaheim Ducks. Oh. Ten in a row. Oh, right. Seven in regulation, three in overtime. Yeah, I, that's that's why I didn't show up because that yeah. regulation or that overtime loss, whatever. Col- but Co- Colorado, I think, has lost like nine of the last ten or something ridiculous like that or something crazy. Yeah. Anyway, there's some, some, tough, some tough things <clears throat> going on with certain teams. Um, yeah, that's all I have for today. Cool. I just have my playoff matchups <clears throat> that uh, – are not a whole lot changed from before. Tampa Bay would play Montreal really right now, even though the official totals from the NHL based on points would show them playing the Islanders, but they would actually play Montreal, I would think. Toronto and Boston would face each other. Washington would play the Islanders. Pittsburgh would play Columbus. In the West, whether you calculate it my way or by the scoreboard way, they're all the same. Uh, Winnipeg would play Colorado in the first round, as would Nashville and Dallas. Which would hmm. be an interesting matchup. Nashville and Dallas. Calgary would play Minnesota. Both wild cards are going to come out of the Central Division right now as it stands. As long as Calgary doesn't play Anaheim or any other California <laughs> yeah. team, I think we're probably okay. And the Sharks start off against the Golden Knights. So that would be uh, an interesting series. A rematch. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they're, I think they're even right now. I think they're uh, they're pretty well even in that season series. <clears throat> but if you look at the plus the, the plus minus thing that I do where you take the games played and then the points earned, and then you come up with, you, yep. su- you subtract the first from the second. Um, Montreal and Buffalo are plus seven, and the Islanders are plus nine, and they're the ones that are fighting for that last two spots in the wild card. The Columbus Blue Jackets and Pittsburgh are both plus 11, and Washington is plus 15 to round out the Atlantic division. Boston is plus 11. Toronto's plus 14. The Tampa Bay Lightning are plus 27. That just shows the domination that they've got right now. Oh, they yeah. have 72 points. They're 14 points more than than Toronto. Oh, it's, it's <clears> stupid. <throat> Crazy. In the West, uh, Winnipeg is 14, or plus 14, Nashville plus 12, and then it falls off. Dallas, Colorado, Minnesota, plus 4, plus 3, and plus 3. In the West, or in the Pacific, rather, 
Calgary plus 16. So they're the, the class of the field out there. San Jose plus 14, Vegas plus 12, everybody else is out. Anaheim, Edmonton, Vancouver, Arizona, and the Kings, hmm. plus one or worse. So not looking good for the Pacific Division, but the Central's on fire. I think that, what is the last time that you remember a team having such dominance like Tampa Bay? I think Washington Capitals in the regular season, all those President's Trophies they yeah, won. But even so, like a couple of those years, Pittsburgh was close to them, Chicago was close to them. Like, hmm. like there's such a separation between second in the league and first in the league. I I don't remember that. I think it was Detroit in the early 2000s or the late 90s that had that much of a separation or lead on the rest of the league. Does it? Do you think it matters who Tampa Bay plays in the playoffs in the first round? Do you think there's anyone who can compete against them? I think it does. I think it does matter because as we've, as Washington has proven time and time again prior to last year, you can walk away with the president's trophy and then really struggle. Other teams are holding back a little bit, perhaps. Uh, they're oh, you, not, think, you think so? Oh yeah. I, I think teams that know they're going to be in, I think they're, you know, they're resting their goalies more often. They, they had an interesting stat, for instance, uh, on, on the show last night <clears throat> and they went back 15 years. Only once or maybe twice in the last 15 years has the team that won the Stanley Cup started their main goalie more than 60 times. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Goes to show you. That's interesting. Yeah. So so most teams, sometimes it's not intentional. Like your starting goalie gets hurt for a month yeah. and then comes back and ended up only getting 55 starts. Hmm. But uh, if, when you get to 15 years of that, it's hard to find a reason other than Hmm. how important rest is. That's why I'm so happy that some teams are deciding to rest their players rather than let them go to the All-Star game or send them to the All-Star game. Yeah. Uh, because that's that takes a lot out of you. Hmm. Just even the late nights and all the oh, uh, all the beverages. All, the, oh, all the beverages, yeah. Yeah. I'm just going back to a few of the years in the past just for fun. And I see like 03, 04, a lot of parody back then. Yeah. There wasn't much daylight between the teams. If you go to like 06, 07, I'm just randomly picking. Can you go to 97, 98? I can't go back that far on this page, I'm well, sure. What's good at you? Not very much good at me. I'm going to have to get my old Bebop Boobop machine here. Mm -hmm. but this is back in the days when Detroit had like 113 points then that year. But uh, Anaheim had 110. This is 97, 98? Yep. Or no, this is uh, oh. 06, 07. Hmm. I can get it quick enough. But it takes a while. Silence. <laughs> crickets. We hear lots of crickets. Uh, so you want to go to 97, 98? I got it right here. Maybe it was 96, 97. 107 points for New Jersey, 109 for Dallas. 98 for the Penguins. <laughs> that was the top of the Northeast. 95 for Colorado. So, wow, that's weird, eh? Where the heck is for Detroit? I don't know. I'll take a look at 96, 97. Oh, 103. Yeah. 96, 97? Mm-hmm. Are you looking at that? Yeah. 96, 97? Yeah. I'm looking at 96.97 right now. What's it say? It says Dallas 104, Detroit 94. Oh. oh. Yeah. Sorry, I wasn't listening. But Detroit won the won, won the cup that year. 
they just finished not that great. They were 10 points out. Well, what the heck year was it that Detroit had all those points? Well, we're going to find it quick enough. And the people in the comments have already found it. it. 2001? I'm still looking. Because Detroit moved around in its division so often, it's hard to follow them. There it is. Uh, (laughs) 1995-96. Detroit had 131 points. Yeah, that was the year. Yeah. And they lost in the third round. What was it, who was the second place team that year in standings? Uh, Philadelphia had 107. Yeah, like that's like look at the difference. Yeah. Like that's just ridiculous. Yeah. So and that's what we're faced here with with Tampa Bay. Like they have that kind of lead mm. and that kind. They're on that trend to get close to 130 points. So it's crazy. Yeah, and and of course the Avalanche with Patrick Waugh won the cup that year. Yes, uh, they did. Yeah, there's no stopping no stop Patrick Waugh. No, it was a couple of years and, and uh, he was going to bite down on that yeah. and get it till it was got. All right. Well, that wraps up this podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening or watching, regardless if you're on YouTube or iTunes, Google Play Music, whatever you're doing to uh, listen to us or watch us. We really appreciate that. If you could hit the like button down below if you're on YouTube, that would be great. Subscribe if you're not. And we'll see you in podcast number 60 in one week. Adios. Bye-bye.